Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. We're the podcast that gets drafted number one overall and isn't a bust. Not throwing names in there. I got my normal crew with me. I got Brad, Lee, Doherty, the number one pick in, I believe, the 1986 draft. How you doing, Brad? Can't complain, man. Happy to talk some draft. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another Brad name. You surprised? A little bit. I, I know you're running low, but I like the way you're breaking it up syllabically so you can kind of you can get more out there. I, hey, man, I'm going to try till there's no more Brads in the NBA history <laughs> that I can bring up. I didn't, we, the other person we got, we got James Michael McAdoo Lewis. What's going on, coach? Oof. I go from LeBron James to James Michael McAdoo. Well, I think Brad's last two guys were both selected number one overall in the NBA draft. So I like that little twist. Sean Bradley last yeah, week. I, Brad Dorty this week. There's going to be more names with James than there is with Brad's. But fortunately, I haven't run out five weeks in. And then joining us this week, we have a special guest. She's a contributor for Belly Up Sports. Although she lives in D.C., her heart belongs to the Boston sports. And have an Auburn fan. She's here to throw it down like Shannon Brown. Shannon Walsh, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, we're ready for you to, to give us some scoops, you know, and give us the Boston uh, perspective and put us in our place, right? You know, I'll try. Um, I'll try to be Danny Ainge as much as I can. <laughs> oh, that, that's a great GM right there. Better than Tommy yeah. Shepard for us Wizards fans. Or GMs, don't pick up. Don't pick up when Danny calls. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Well, speaking of GMs, we're kind of going to talk about that today, but we're going to talk about a draft preview. The draft is this Wednesday, November 18th, and the Triple Play crew is here to give you everything you need to know. We're going to d- discuss the top three prospects in length, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman, rank them one through three, discuss their strengths and weaknesses. After that, we'll go over our biggest sleeper and the bust of this draft. And to wrap it up, we'll give a prediction of the mock draft one to send just to see who's most accurate. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Which draft prospect did you think was going to be a bust but ended up being great? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, some news and notes. News and notes. Russell Westbrook requests a trade one year after being traded to Houston. Remember at this point last year, everybody's like, oh, him and Harden are playing together. They're best friends. Apparently, he wants a role similar to OKC and doesn't want to play Robin to James Harden's Batman. So where does he go? And is there any chance that Harden gets traded since he'll have more value on the market? And Shannon, I want to start with you on this. Um, I mean, I think Houston is in a position where they – or they have to be sellers, and I think their desperation is kind of showing. Um, I mean, it's not a secret that Harden is on the market, and I think that Westbrook it doesn't have much he can do with that. They're not going to get a huge return for Harden that they want. Um, and, I, I mean, I'm not completely shocked that Westbrook wants out. What I'm surprised about is that there are rumors he's going to go to the Clippers. I don't think that's the Paul George-Westbrook swap is a good solution at all. Um, I think that's just an even switch that's going to solve neither of their problems. Um, Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I think, you know, we saw so much player movement this past offseason or a year ago, and it seems like a lot of times, especially now, um, you know, based if a team fell short of their expectations that they're ready to shuffle things up after a year. Coach, what are your thoughts? Um. The Russell Westbrook saga continues. <laughs> um, I, I've heard that uh, both him and James were not particularly happy at not being included in the new head coaching and general manager decisions or just being in, more than involved, as I, I, I want to say. Um, I think suitors, when you're talking about Russell Westbrook, they include teams that have some cap room. So Charlotte, New York. Um, I think that Clippers deal was actually involving Pat Bev, Lou Will, and a sign and trade with Montrez Harrell. But that would be t- going all the way in, and you, you know that's, that's really full send. That, that is full, 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 full send. 
I mean, the, the NBA world would love to see that type of trio together and that pairing, but I, I don't see that as a likely destination. Um, I think this could actually affect maybe some of the movement in the top of the draft order if uh, if the if the Rockets want to make a move for a younger player and maybe uh, a point guard that can fit James Harden's game well. You know, the Hornets have that and, and Scary Terry and um, New York may have a, a piece or two that maybe Houston wasn't looking for last year. Maybe some some bigger guys that can still uh, shoot as well. But uh, yeah, I think that there's a big drama there, and it, for us Westbrook and I think NBA eyes are all going to be tuned in to watch to see what type of trigger is made without Daryl Morey being in place. Yeah, and with the draft and free agency coming up, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of movement coming up. I think it's been pretty slow developing so far. Brad, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've seen rumors most strongly with the Hornets, and I hate that move because it's really going to take usage away from Devontae Graham, who I think is a max player at the age 25. Um, I think you really just want to put the ball in his hands and watch him develop, and that's not going to happen if Russ dominates the ball. Um, so, so, hey, Brad, side note, side note on that Charlotte thing, I just thought about it was uh, the Jordan connection. He's super Jordan brand, and yeah. Michael Jordan loves Russell Westbrook, so maybe – Love the way he plays. That's an incentive for him to may really make a, an effort to go get him. But it would also be another bad GM move by Jordan, if you ask me. But uh, if I were to play GM, another I want to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> if I were to play GM, I want him to go somewhere that can eat cap uh, so I don't have to match salaries and I can get more flexibility if I'm Houston. So I love shipping him to Detroit for Derrick Rose and the number seven pick. Uh, Detroit can eat the difference in cap and Russ and Blake Griffin might actually make the eighth seed in the East. Um, the Rockets get cap room and a lottery pick to make up for the loss of talent. And I think the trade works in the trade machine. And I take that if I was both teams. So could you I love sneak that in Luke Kennard with that? Could you try to get no. Kennard? Kennard's off limits. That's your boy. And, so and boy for, right there. For, for me, I put it on our Twitter account. I think he goes to Orlando. I think you ship Russ and maybe the, their late first round pick. For Vucevic, Terrence Ross, and the Magic's pick, uh, salary caps would match up for Houston. You get Vucevic, who's a big, kind of fits in with that small ball offense, and Terrence Ross. And for Orlando, you're finally getting a superstar that you haven't had since Dwight Howard. And, I mean, let's be real, you're not going to sign a lot of people in free agency. It's either you're getting them through the trade or through the draft. So, But I'll we'll say see. this. I'll say this, Eric. Um, if I'm Houston, like you can make the argument that James Harden – is the best scorer of all time, you know? And if, he, sure. if you're not saying he's the best, you you could say he's at least top five without a doubt. So I'm not too keen on trading him away. I don't care what I can get back for him. I try to I try to build a team around Harden the best I can. Yeah, I'm with I, you too, Brad. I, I, I agree. And um, like I said, it's going to be interesting because I think Harden or Westbrook are going to get moved. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to play together another season. So – um, but uh, to another, uh, to another, it'll be my first hot take, I guess. I don't agree that Harden should stay. I think that time has passed and that window's closed. I mean, I don't think he should go to the Sixers okay. by him, which is the biggest rumor so far. Um, but my qualms with the Sixers go well past James Harden. <laughs> I, there's something, I don't there's think, something to be said about a window because he is like they've he's been there for a, a long right. time. So yeah, and, if you can't, if you haven't won now, then. You might as well break it up. And, and Harden has has more trade value than Westbrook, which I think, especially for a new GM and yeah. a new coach, you don't have that same attachment that you did with Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni had. Right. Um, but transitioning yeah. to another floor general, Chris Paul's name is getting floated out to the Phoenix Suns. So assuming Booker and DeAndre Ayton are untouchable, do you like this fit? And coach, I'm going to start with you. Um, yeah, I love the fit. Uh, I actually love anywhere he's going to. I think that he's just, he's diversified his game to a point where he can fit, uh, fit in with almost every lineup. I mean, he fit in with, with James Harden just fine. Yes, there were injuries there, but they did have a potential to win the NBA championship with that team. The Bucks, Philly, Clippers, even, even the Lakers seem to be in these trade talks and interested. And I think if he goes to any of those teams, it's, it's a, it's a very, very huge, um, deal. Um, after a year ago, he said he's an intradable player that you have to give up so many picks just to acquire that salary. And now it's actually looking like a good one with only two years left. 
You don't know how much it's going to cost you this season, but I, I think with Devin Booker stepping into kind of that superstardom role, um, the knowledge of, of CP3, which was kind of questioned how he would deal with uh, younger players, seemingly did very, very well with OKC. Um, if you pull that trade off, you're going to have to give up uh, Ricky Rubio, Uber A Jr. in the first and try to steal Javon Carter out the deal. I think that the Suns have to make this move, and that puts them in playoff position. You ask me with the starting lineup of Paul Booker, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Aiden. Uh, I think Aiden would take a huge step with this move as well with the pick-and-roll game with uh, Chris Paul. So I think uh, the NBA would love to see this. And I think uh, Devin Booker, the biggest – non-exclusive um, information is that he wants out of Phoenix. Maybe this entices him to stay. And I think yeah, that is a big You would give up Kelly Oubre, the most handsome man in the league? <laughs> uh, I, I would say yes. I like I like some Oubre. I like that he plays both ends and he's so feisty. But with, uh, the, with Mikel Bridges playing so darn well and they hit on Cam Johnson, even though people thought they reached, he's just a certified shooter and a stretch four that you really need in this league. So I would say because of who they have on the roster right now, um, yeah, I'd send them away, especially for Chris Ball in return. So, NBA so, player. so, Brad, it sounds like you wouldn't do that trade. No, I would. I would. I, I love <laughs> Chris Ball to Phoenix if it happens. I think it makes the Suns a playoff team. Uh, Booker showed he's a star in the making. Aiden does exactly what you need from him in guarding the rim, and he's developed a beautiful mid-range jumper. So if you add Chris Paul to that mix, who's one of the most efficient shooters in the league that really takes pressure off the of Booker to score 30 a game and allows him to move without the ball, which gives him better shots. And since CP3 will have the ball in his hands, and that's really a nightmare for any team to guard in the league. All right. Well, good, good stuff. And, and Shannon, I want to transition this to you. And you're getting the additional question. Is Kelly Oubre the most handsome player in the NBA? <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> That's not uh, that. But I think I mean I love that fit. I I mean I don't know if I give up Kelly Oubre for him probably because there's not a the Suns don't want to give up a bunch of assets just to get one guy back. You know you you're trying to build not uh, like derail what they already have. And I think that the Suns they're on the short end of the stick all the time. Like they they almost took the eighth seed in the bubble. Like granted the bubble was an odd setup. But they have the pieces to be successful. I think Chris Paul is the perfect fit to fit the, to fill that last seed. And um, if he were to go to another, like the Bucks, the Sixers, the Lakers, whatever, he'd just be another support role, and he wouldn't make an impact that he could if he were in Phoenix. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and he, uh, I, you know, I love old connections. He used to play for Monty Williams, so there's connection there. James Jones and him are very good friends. Player Association connection. Um, and he's also been around with Booker for the USA team. So there are connections yeah. there. So so I like the deal. And if you're the Suns, I think you have to do it because you haven't made the playoffs since 2010. And you showed promise at the in the bubble going 8-0. But here's the caveat. Chris Paul was the healthiest he's been probably in the last 10 years, last season. He's had a history of soft tissue injuries. So if you're giving up a lot to get him, you can't expect him to stay healthy for the entire year. And if he's sidelined for a period of time, then you don't have that supporting cast you had before. It's a lot of just relying on Booker and Aiton again. So, you know, we'll see. I think Phoenix has to make a move one way or another. Last little bit of news and notes, and I just want to get a yes or a no if you like this. OKC promotes assistant coach Mark Dagnall to head coach. He had been with the season with he had been with the franchise for six years, five as the G League coach. He had a 572 winning percentage and three division titles. He's 35 years old, so kind of that wave of young coaches. Brad, I want to start with you. Yes or no, do you like the hire? Love it. Shannon? Yep, young coaches. Good work. Coach? Ideal fit to rebuild. I think they're going that direction. I love it as well, and it's good that we can agree on one thing before we start having a conflicting case (laughs) when we get to the draft. Do you like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about drafting us in the lottery and giving us a five-star rating and review? 
Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, occasionally show David tweeting dumb stuff, and of course our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling Golden State had, had when they hit on Steph, Clay, and Draymond through the draft? That's what we want to be. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. NBA draft analysis. As an NBA fan, I know that this is something that I've looked forward to as a child through the years, and it's weird that we're having it in November as opposed to late June. Um, And I want to first talk about the three biggest names in the draft, and that would be LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. And I think in most consensus drafts, they're going one through three. So I want to start with Anthony Edwards. Um, He's the guard coming out of Georgia. I know a lot of mocks have seen uh, him number one. Um, And there's a lot to dissect on his game, especially because we haven't seen him play since March. So Shannon, I want you to start. What's your analysis on Anthony Edwards and some strengths and weaknesses for him? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do, like you said, because we haven't seen him play since March. And I quite frankly didn't follow a lot of Georgia basketball prior to know how he played. Um, I've been kind of taking the draft analysis from the team perspective. So looking at the top three teams and what their holes are versus how these top three players can are going to go in order in terms of skill, just because they're not a Zion Williamson. They're not what Markel Fultz was advertised to be versus what he came out to be. Um, so in terms of what his strengths and weaknesses are, he's obviously the best guard in the draft. Um, but in terms of weaknesses, he's not a superstar. He's not going to go fix any of these three teams in terms of being that point person. He's going to come into a support role and it's going to be, is he reliable enough to do so? Um, is he going to be able to, I don't think he's going to be a good fit with the Timberwolves, but is he going to be a good fit with any of the other top lottery teams that might um, choose him? So I don't want, want to foreshadow, but it sounds like you don't have him going number one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, th- this is going to have some good banter then. Coach, give me some insight on Anthony Edwards. You draft guru, you. Uh, don't have him going number one either. Uh, he has. <laughs> Baby, I can't wait for the next segment. <laughs> he had he has star potential. I mean, uh, his explosiveness is off the chart. Uh, his size, he's NBA ready right now as far as being a 6'5", 235. He's an ideal two size. Um, his ability to hit the step back jumper, uh, from three is impressive. Um, he's, he's got like that star it look to him. Um, I'd be scared of it because I really question his motor, his maturity and his lack of winning his entire life. Um, including in Georgia, I feel like (laughs) I use this word that he has title entitlement and that he's like, (laughs) The bet. I know that's that's a weird word for a, a white man to use in this time, but um, he just is so he's just so eye popping, um, and he thinks he's going to be better than Dwayne Wade. But I feel like if he had an ounce of Dwayne Wade characteristics, he'd be a sure thing number one pick. I think he's a guy that could average twenty in the league, and we still call him kind of a bust. Reminds me a little bit of like a, a, a Dion Waiters where it's like you see everything and it looks amazing, but then Wiggins. it's like I don't think, I don't think this guy is a winner. So that's why I'm I'm leaning more towards uh, the the Waiters comparison as opposed to the Wade. But I I, I mean it's there. Like I want to like him. I just I just don't see it. And his little his little uh, video that he did on on ESPN. <laughs> He just, I just think he doesn't take the game serious enough. And maybe he comes in the right situation and picks him up. But that's Coach, you, you can slander Dion Waiters, but he's entertaining. And that, that counts for something. All right, Brad, give me, give me no, a little analysis good. on Anthony Edwards, too. Yeah, I agree with Coach. Um, I think the strengths that he can score on all three levels, which makes him a fit with virtually any team. He's got grown man size. He's 6'5", 225. Um, but, you know, you go to the weaknesses – I kind of echo what Coach said. He's young, and his interviews have showed it. Um, I don't love putting guys who seem like they may be a bit immature on losing franchises. I think that's bad for both uh, both parties involved. And he can absolutely shoot you out of a game. Um, despite his size, he's a terrible defender. 
and he's going to be forced to guard some of the best scores in the league at the two guards. So I just, I, I'm, I see its potential, but I, I'm not a fan right now. I think me and Brad are on the same page there. I just wanted to echo, like, the defensive thing stood out to me so much. Like, he doesn't even try at all. But when no. he dropped 37 against Michigan State, I was like, oh, he's, that's the number one pick right there. But it just wasn't consistent. It doesn't play the other end. So, so here's, my, here's my thing on Anthony Edwards. Scoring-wise, I see a lot of Donovan Mitchell, but with better range and a better three-point shot. His athleticism, I think, is Victor Oladipo, and that's something you can't teach. You can teach defense. You can teach motor. That's something you hope comes with a little bit of maturity. My biggest thing is his shot selection. I think sometimes he can shoot you out of a game, like you said, Coach, because he takes maybe the first shot rather than the best shot or sometimes looks like, okay, I haven't I haven't shot the ball in a while. I'm taking it this possession regardless of who's open. So, um, you know, when in our next segment, as we actually talk about where we think we'll go, it'll be interesting to see where they fit. But we want to go to the next prospect, and that's LaMelo Ball. And comes from the Ball family. Never short of drama there. Coach, give me some analysis on him. Oh, man. We could spend a whole podcast on LaMelo <laughs> Ball and his 5.6 million followers on IG. Um, I, I Positives, I love his intangibles, his ability to kind of read um, defenses. His passing ability is off the chart with some of the things that he can do. With the ball, I love him when he's moving downhill. Uh, his ability to kind of, even though he's not the strongest guy, to kind of keep his defender off. He uses his height well. He's going to catch a couple bodies when he gets to to the league. But I, I will say that to use a local term, he's kind. He seems kind of like a Bama to me. Um, <laughs> a little bit of, uh, of of who I think he's going to go with, uh, D'Angelo Russell, where they love the game of basketball. They're all about basketball, and they're getting better with their skill, but. That, man, those characteristics are uh, and his personality are suspect. And if I'm a top three pick, and I, although I think he is by far the most talented player in this draft, I would still be tentative to get a guy that um, I really can't trust. I wouldn't want my daughter to date this guy. Uh, he he Coach, just are you he's trying just, to tell us something. Do you have a daughter on the way? Nah, nah, but you gotta think. You always gotta think forward, and I think that's what we're doing in this whole, whole draft <laughs> process. So um, I think that he could be by far the biggest hit here, and in, in the in the in just the star of the draft because everybody wants to see him play. But um, I do question uh, some of the characteristics that go with it. And um, but he's a good rebounder. He can pass. He can shoot. Like he's modern day NBA uh, uh, ready, and he's a he's a spectacle on the fast break. So. It's it's a good thing that you want your daughter to date someone of what you think would be high character rather than dating yeah. someone who's going to make millions. Brad, I want to get you, I want to get your thoughts on this. So every year, I dub somebody as my sweet baby boy. I take them in into my family as my son. Lamella Ball is that person. Last year it was uh who was the last year? Uh, John Morant. So with Lamelo, his strengths are he's got an older family member already in the NBA. He's probably already taught him a lot and will continue to do so. He's already a better passer than Lonzo, if you ask me. Um, he's a six foot seven guard, which is going to go a long way as he fills out and becomes a better defender. He cuts off ball very well, which could make him playing, uh, make playing him at the two, um, off of D'Angelo Russell feasible. Um, he has the ability to shoot the lights out, but I don't think it would be honest to call it his shooting a strength. Uh, he's been playing against grown men while other draft picks are playing against other kids. Uh, we see what that's done for other players coming out of Europe. As for his weaknesses, he can shoot you out of a game if he's cold. He shot 46% from two and 28% from three last year. Uh, his father can be a bit of a shadow that NBA teams might be scared of, but I haven't heard from him in a while, so I wouldn't be too scared of that. And I don't love the fit because I like D'Angelo Russell playing the one, but I think you got to take the best player if you're if you're picking number one. All right, all right, Shannon, we know that you're a big uh, Ball family fan. Give us the insight. Look, shameless plug, if you like sports but hate reality TV, like Ball and the Family is your show. Like every Sunday, that episode is like self-care. But in terms of the draft, <laughs> in terms of the draft, I love Mellow Ball. Since I've watched the show, you get real insight into how he's developed both mature, maturity-wise and playing-wise. Um, I think Brad made a great point that Lonzo being in the league has made a significant impact for him developmentally. Even having Jello as an older brother, even though Jello's only in the G League, yeah. 
um, is a pretty big deal because since Jello's UCLA incident, he's been mm-hmm. hugely matured both basketball wise and um, as an individual. I think that his dad is a huge weak point. It really derailed Lonzo's career. And now Lonzo's always going to be in a supporting role unless he has some sort of breakout season. I wouldn't want to see that happen to uh, Mello, but I think that his natural ability, he's by far the most talented player in the draft. And I think that his past experience playing in Lithuania, in Ohio, in Australia, playing for small markets is actually going to benefit him when he goes to Minnesota because Lonzo was thrown into the spotlight of LA where his dad was, where everyone was looking at him. I think if Mello is to go to Minnesota where I believe he will go, he's going to go into a supporting role in a small market and thrive in an area where he's not in super high pressure. I think when he goes under high pressure, he takes those dumb shots. He makes those stupid basketball decisions where in reality, he has a really high natural basketball IQ that just needs more development. Yeah. I mean, you guys are much higher on LaMelo ball than I am. Uh, I will say the pros, he has 5.6 million followers. I think James said Um, my cons mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to rip into him in one of our later segments. So I'll save that for then. The last one, the wise man himself, James Wiseman. And we are starting with Brad Stradamus, who just gave a thumbs down. Brad, why? I mean, his strengths are that he's tall and athletic, and so is the rest of the entire NBA. I, <laughs> I, I just I just don't get the infatuation. Uh, the weaknesses are he hasn't played. Like, it's one thing to be a one and done. It's another thing to be a zero and done. He didn't play in college. He didn't play overseas. He didn't play in the G League. So it's hard to know what he needs to improve on because all of his tape is against overmatched high schoolers. Like yeah, he also has no perimeter game, which I prefer if I'm not, if I'm going to draft a big, like I just don't see the infatuation with him. Okay. I mean, that's true. He does have a very small sample size. And once again, we haven't seen college basketball in eight months. So a lot of times you forget these names, Shannon, hopefully you're a little bit more optimistic on with Mr. Wiseman himself. I'm not actually. Brad stole my take. Uh, <laughs> wow. A lot of agreeing on this show so far. I don't like it. Uh, especially when we get into who's the sleeper and who's the bust. James Wiseman is my bust. I think mm-hmm. it's when Jello declared for the draft after he did not play at UCLA. Like, it does not make sense for you to go into a league after you have not proven that you can play in it. He hasn't played any games. I don't even love when people do one and dones because I don't think one year – in any professional league can accurately show your skill level. I think a lot of basketball players, they're, they're what, 19 years old when they do one and done? There's no yep. play against guys that are in their 30s that have been bulked out for well longer than you have been born, and you are going to go try to play against them. It's the same in football, too. Like, Joe Burrow played four years, and he sucked That's for right. the first three. Like, it doesn't give right. you an accurate perspective of your skill level in one year or no years in the case of James Wiseman. Well, you know, I like that you guys are all for people staying in college. Uh, You know, for the people listening out there, sounds like Brad and Shannon are for staying off or find your skills. Coach, you feel in the same way? I love to be coming out of UConn, man. I did too. I mean, he averaged like five or six blocks a game. It was incredible. I know. We thought he was going to be the next Dikembe Mutombo, but – Speaking of that, I want to go to our next segment, segment, and this is sleepers and busts. So this doesn't even have to relate to the top three. As we see every year, there are some players that are drafted lower that end up being stars like Giannis, Kawhi Leonard. And we see some people that are drafted at the top that flame out, Greg Odin's Darko Milicic's. And there's a lot of players in between. So I want to go to who you think is going to be the biggest star or sleeper in this draft, somebody that you're a big fan of. And Shannon, I want to start with you. Who do you hope slips or who do you hope somehow the Celtics grab? Because we know that's your team. Um, Well, in terms of who the Celtics grab, I hope they trade this pick, but that's beside the point. Um, I think that I don't know that he's going to be the biggest star in the draft, but I think that RJ Hampton has gotten a huge short pick just because Melo Melo like went to Australia and obviously with his four point whatever million followers took them all with him. And RJ Hampton had um, went to Australia prior to that and was supposed to be in the top five of, in the draft. And although his play in Australia wasn't fantastic, 
I don't think that he deserved to slip as much as he did just because Mello's stock draft stock went up. I think they were comparing the two too much. And I think it really affected Hampton's draft stock. And I don't think that his skill level was affected that significantly that he should have gone that far down in terms of draft viability. I love that pick. And, and RJ Hampton is somebody I don't think that's talked nearly enough. I think people are, when they hear RJ, they automatically think of RJ Barrett, but great, great sleeper name. And I, I know Brad as well as a fan of that. Uh, Coach, who you got? Who's your biggest sleeper star in this draft? Um, it's hard because I, I dig deep into the second round. So I look at uh, players that I, I feel like should be first round picks. And then I okay. see people kind of so in that. You're thinking, some Draymond, you're thinking of some Draymond Green and Monty Ginobili's. Let's have it. Let's hear it. All right. So for the, the second round, guys, I like Daniel Oturo, uh from Minnesota. I saw him bust Jalen uh, Smith during the season. I'm a big Maryland fan, and I was not a fan of that. They were giving it to him in the post. He was stretching it from deep. You think he had like three, four, three-pointers. Um, he's a big guy. I know he's kind of the the – the typical old old big, but he can stretch a little bit. He doesn't move as well as you would want. I think Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke is a stud. He's a bruiser, and he's kind of that old-time power forward type of role. But I think because um, he is so skilled and so tough, I like him. Uh, and then there's so many guards that I'm like, I don't know who to pick from, but I, like, I feel like I like them all. I love me some Trey Jones. I think he's going to be a – certified great uh, backup point guard for the rest of his career. And, you you know, you need guys like that that are going to step in and produce offensively. And I think he's probably the best defensive point guard that I've seen. Um, in the first round, though, Cole Anthony, I feel like he's been getting slandered all year because um, of it, his year in North Carolina, which was really the, the least talented team that they probably had in 15, 20 years. Um, he, he's been talked about as a bad teammate and he's talking back to his coaches. I've loved him from high school. And so maybe like, there's a little bit of, I'm rooting for him. I watched Greg Anthony, his father play for many years and I've been rooting for him since he was a kid. I love him. Um, I know that he, he, he had trouble finishing in the paint, like really bad. And, um, it's hard for him to be um, productive without the ball in his hands. But I just think that he's going to figure it out. He really loves this game of basketball. He's the pedigree and knowledge and character that I want in a player. And maybe you can steal him at like 14 in Orlando. And you maybe have a franchise point guard. So Coach, I'm thinking Cole Anthony. Coach, you are hedging because you gave like four or five names. <laughs> so if one of these turns into a star, then you'll be like, ah, see, I called it. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. <laughs> hey, Brad, let me, let, me, let me hear yours. I know you got a hot take here. It's, I, I guess it's hot, but it's, it's not to me. Um, for me, it's Obi Toppin. Um, there's not many times where the college player of the year becomes an afterthought in the top three of the lottery. He led the nation in dunks and shot 77% around the rim. He hit 32 threes at a 40% clip. He's also an underrated passer. His biggest knock is he may not be great defensively, and he probably should have had better rebounding numbers in the conference he was playing in. But um, he's also 22 years old, which is older, the older side of the prospects these days. But overall, I think his size, frame, athleticism is going to help him grow in that arena, especially if he goes to a team that I haven't gone to on my mock. Um, I think he's an incredible talent. Awesome. I'm an OB fan as well. And for me, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be the biggest star, but that's an obvious. So I'm going to go with Killian Hayes. Um, I love that he's a lefty, and I know a, not, a knock on him is that he mostly goes to that side. But I think with predominantly the NBA, most people being right-handers, they're not used to somebody being strong with their left the majority of the time. Um, he's six five. He has a long wingspan. Uh, he's been playing pro ball overseas since he's 16. I think he does a lot of things well, and I think if he gets the right coaching, he's going to develop into a solid, solid player And what I think is one of the weakest drafts we've ever seen. But I want to go to the flip side of this. And, guys, I apologize for my manners and what I'm about to do. I'm going to go first because I need to unload on who I think the biggest bust is. And I'm going to catch some heat for it. It's LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to be such oh a my bust. God. And I know I can look at the – I can see the look on your guys' face. In Australia League, he had 6.8 assists per game and a 2.5 turnovers. That's a 2.72 assist-to-turnover ratio. That's not good for somebody that you want to have the ball in your hands. He's flashy with it. I get it. He's a highlight reel. You think – the Australia League is going to be the same as the NBA. I know the, the things of, oh, he played professional ball overseas. I actually like people that played college ball 
because I think the game is more physical and relates to how the NBA style is. He shot 72% from the free throw line. He shot 25% from the three-point line. He averaged 17 a game. I think you guys love him because he comes from the ball family. And maybe, Shannon, you find him attractive. I do not think he's going to be a good pro. You know my comparison to him? Austin Rivers. If you turned on a game and you saw Austin Rivers do, like, a good move, you'd be like, oh, wow, he's a really good NBA scorer. Like, if you watch, like, uh, any given two minutes of an NBA team that he's been on, you'd be like, okay, Austin Rivers is an NBA player. You watch the remaining four, six minutes, and you're like, wow, he's awful. His shot selection's bad. He, like, gets turnovers all the time. I'm here first saying I think LaMelo Ball will be a bust. And if I'm wrong, uh, what's, what's the dad's name? Um, LeVar. I, I forgot. LeVar. LeVar. LeVar, if LaMelo's a beast, come on this podcast and tell me I'm wrong for an hour <laughs> straight because I deserve it. But I want to go to Shannon first on this because I know she's a ball, big ball supporter. Um so let, let me just hear your thoughts, and then I want to hear your bust. I mean, I think the key point that you said there was he takes crap shots. He he does. He has awful exactly. collection. But I think that's a product of where he's played. He hasn't. He went to Lithuania when he was what sixteen. They weren't yeah. about to develop him as a young prospect over there. He was playing with grown adults that didn't speak English. His coach didn't even speak English. There was no way for him to develop over there. Then he came over and played at Spire. He got a lot of development. That was arguably where he actually started to play. Or he played in the AB, or JBA for a year or two. That he wasn't getting anything there. Um, and then he went to Australia. And by the time he was in Australia, he was supposed to be the player and the star on the Hawks because the Hawks were like – the bottom team in the league. They were not very good. Um, So I think it all stemmed from him starting in Lithuania. There was no development. That's a key time for him to start developing. And then he played in LeVar's like dump league with uh, LiAngelo and they were supposed to be the face of a failing, failing league. I think that he has the natural talent to be uh, supportive, but it's entirely going to depend on, the locker room and the coaching staff to support him in building the basketball IQ that he already naturally has. All right. So if Lamelo isn't your biggest bust, who is it? My bust is James Wiseman for sure. All right. All right. Well, I know Brad probably feels the same way, right? <laughs> I do. I won't. It's, it's James Wiseman to me. I, I know he was a highly touted guy out of high school, but most seven footers are considering not many kids in the, in the world can guard a seven footer. Um, then you go to the NBA and practically everyone guarding him will be able to at least make him work. He's not switchable or interchangeable. He lacks versatility. It's not from what you want from a top pick. Um, if his biggest strength is that he's a rim running big, I'll just sign Christian Wood or get Willie Cauley Stein or get similar production for less of an investment. I hope I'm wrong, of course. I never root for, you know, any kid to have a bad career, but I just don't see it for him. I find it really uh, interesting right, that you your argument for James Wiseman, one of your arguments is that he's tall and you can't develop tall, but Taco Fall is seven, six and went undrafted. And now he's just yeah, exactly like, isn't, isn't Taco Fall on the Celtics roster though? He's on the G he's he's got a two way. Yeah. But we're talking about the right? potential number one pick. What do you mean? Is he on the roster? <laughs> uh, well, Taco Fall wasn't a, a lottery pick. But I'm just saying there's always opportunity for height out there. Coach, in one minute or less, let me hear your bust. Um, well, first of all, that G League team, that's the most ex- exciting team to watch with Fall and, um, <laughs> and Waters. I love Waters, the way he just crosses everybody. He's got everything in his bag. But, yeah, if I'm watching a G League team, it's definitely the one for Boston. Um, I think what separates James Wiseman is that he can laterally move well. Like Taco Falk, he can't. Switch like they tout his. How do, seven how do you know? Huh? <laughs> he how do you know? You haven't seen him. <laughs> we see him. He it, it's like he has a brain. Okay. Like he takes him three minutes to move laterally. James Wiseman on a daily. We know. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going. I'm going. Anthony Edwards based on um, work ethic, based Ooh. on motor, based on prop, maybe situation where he lands, and, and if it's in this top three. I mean. Uh, he also ha- like he he does have that star, star potential, but I can see him even if he's averaging twenty in, in the league that people are going to tout him as a losing player 
and somebody that you don't want on your team and he's going to be uh, on moving with his con. He might get a little contract and be on the move and he's going to play for like eight teams in his career. So I, I think Anthony Edwards is my guy uh, as far as bus. I also look at uh, Patrick Williams a little no, further no, down. You get, one. you get one. You can't hedge again. You can't hedge again. Patrick it is, Williams. It is interesting <laughs> that all of our busts are considered the top three. And there usually is a bust in a top three draft. So we're going to have to revisit this later. But speaking of revisiting, we're going to now predict the top 10. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the team that's picking. I just want you to tell me who you think that they're going to take. And if you want to give a 10-second or short analysis of why they do that. But I also want to look back at this point next week, see who's the most accurate, and maybe that will prove right for our predictions down the road of uh, these players' careers. So number one overall, or number one overall, the Wolves are picking. Shannon, who are they picking? Mello. Coach. You can't pass on a talent like Lamelo Ball. Brad. Mello. Wow, I'm gonna go uh, complete opposite. Say Anthony Edwards. He fits with their uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns for not taking basketball seriously. Number two, Warriors. Who are they taking, Coach? They're taking uh, Wiseman unless somebody flirts and, and tries to trade with them. Maybe even Charlotte. They move one back. They get uh, Bridges and they get a Kongwu, who may be their secret big man that they really want. But I, I see. I think they like Wiseman. I'm going Wiseman in two. Brad, I think Golden State could use a four or five in the draft. People are saying that's Wiseman. I disagree. I'm gonna go with Obi Toppin. I think he fits perfectly with what the Warriors do. He can be a rim runner and also hit threes. Um, so they can have space on the floor. He's not great defensively, but moves like a guard. And at his height, I think he'll be able to block shots and get boards. I think he becomes the person they chose over Draymond when it's time to give him the bag in a few years. And he's ready to play right now. Yes, he First is. Spicy day. Shannon, who you got it to? I want them to trade the pick, but if they don't, I think they should take Edwards. If we're looking at the top three, I don't think Wiseman should go number two. Um but if he does, if he's the better fit, then he goes. Um, I, I would pick Edwards if they don't so, trade the pick. So here's my number two, Anthony or James Wiseman. Uh, and sole reason, he's seven one, and he's going to defend Anthony Davis in the playoffs. The Warriors are going all in again next year. The tallest guy in their roster right now is six ten, and it's Alec Smilajic. I didn't even know who he was until yesterday. So two that's entry. what I. Wow. I, I think it's solely to defend Anthony Davis in their win now um, kind of window. Number three, Brad, who's Charlotte taking? They have a needed center, but I don't think you need to build teams from the center out anymore. I think you get a guard to pair with Devontae Graham to grow together. I like them taking Anthony Edwards here. All right. Shannon, who you got? I like the OB Tobin going high. Um, again, I think Wiseman's a bust, and I don't think that they need to build around a tall guy. Um, so I like OB Tobin going here. All right, Coach, who you got? Uh, the Ant-Man, he's still on the board, and I don't see him um, dropping past three. Uh, yeah, trade offers, I think there's a bunch of trades here in the top ten. And if they really, really want big, uh, you go Ineka Okongwu. But mm, um, I, have Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I, I have LaMelo going three, biggest name left. Charlotte needs some star power. Jordan loves the entertainment. Uh, I think with four, I think the Bulls go Obi Toppin. I think he's the best player left. They kind of have a log jam at uh, guard and uh, center with some of the players they've taken recently. The Fords, Otto Porter, Thaddeus Young, uh, those are kind of players you know are on the downside of their career. You don't see future building blocks. Shannon, who you got the Bulls taking? Um, I agree that there's a log jam at center. I would typically, or tall guys, I would typically say James Wiseman here because I don't think he's going to fall that far. But um, with my draft, I'm going to put Killian Hayes here. Ooh, another Ooh. spicy take. Love I like it. That. I like Coach, you got? Um, I got the Israeli kid. Give me um Denny Avdia. He is a win now player. He can play two through four. And like you said, I think Porter and Young are on their way out. And um, I think they they think long and hard about Toppin and Avdia, but they go with Denny at the end of the day. And Brad, I think the Bulls have Levine and Markkinen, and that's cool. But they're nowhere close to the playoffs. I don't think. I think they'll take the best player left on the board, and that's probably Wiseman. Um, I think a guy has been projected to go number one on some mocks. Falling to four would be a huge win for them. All right. Number five. I think they move Wendell, though, probably. 
They got to get rid yeah. of one of those bits. It's that, that's why I had Obi Toppin because they just took Obi White and Wendell Carter recently. I don't think it's – I think it's too early to give up on them. Uh, five, the Cavs are on the clock. Coach, you got them taken. All right, uh, five, uh, if if – Toppin's off the board, you, you get Toppin, but, uh, I mean, if he was off the board, then you go Oxvia, but I, I went out Obi Toppin, and he's um Dayton, Ohio kid, and um, I think that he's the best player available, and good good chance that this guy wins Rookie of the Year for all the reasons that uh, the rest of the cast have already mentioned. Love Obi Toppin. Brett, Brad, who you got it at five? All right, well, Brad's on mute. We're going to go to Shannon. Um, I don't think Wiseman can slip any farther. I've got to get over it and draft him. <laughs> ah, there we go. Brad, you got the Cavs taking at five. Yeah, they need assets. They aren't looking to fill positions. I like them taking Denny of Egypt from Tel Aviv. He's 6'9", athletic, can handle the ball, passes really well, shot 56% and 38% from three. He can post up. I think he's going to work really well with Stetson and Garland. And I think he, he kind of reminds me of like a Danilo Gallinari if he moves better. Yeah, and for me, I have them taking Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, I think he's the replacement for Drummond on the last year of his deal. Six through ten, I want you guys just to give me your picks, and we're actually going to go just one at a time and do it. So six, the Hawks, I have them taking Tyrese Halliburton. Seven, I have the Pistons taking Denny Avijay from Israel. Eight, my guy Killian Hayes, I have going to the Knicks. Nine, Isaac Okaro going to the Wizards. Okaro going to the Wizards. Ten, Patrick Williams, Coach Lewis's biggest bust. Brad, who's your six through ten? So six, I got Devin Vassell. Seven, I like Detroit taking um, Tyrese Halliburton. Eight, I like New York taking Isaac Okoro. Nine, I got Onyeko Ankungwu. And ten for Phoenix, um, since they're trying to trade for Chris Paul, I like them taking a point guard, Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, Shannon, you're six through ten. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Um, at six, I have Denny Avija. I've screwed that up. Um, yes. Seven, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Eight, I have Isaac Okoro. Nine, um, the Wizards desperately need a big to replace Bertan, so I have Onyeka Okongu. And then ten, um, I have Sadiq Bey. All right, and Coach, you're six through ten. All right, I I love 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 Halliburton. I could even see Cleveland doing it because I think they kind of missed on those last two guard picks. But I got Halliburton at six. I think a fit with Trey uh, with Trey Young. Oh, I just love it. Um, number seven, I think they go Isaac Okoro. Um, although people have been talking about Patrick Williams, who I think is a bust. Number eight, New York goes Killian Hayes, uh, thinking that he's going to be a guard of the future. You got two lefties in the backcourt. Nine, Aneko Okongu somehow miraculously falls in Washington's hands, although Boston might move up to eight to try to go get him. Um, in the 10, I got Tyrese Maxey. Just love everything about him, whether that's OKC's pick or Phoenix's pick. Thanks for trade. Well, we will, we will know these answers. And to be honest, there's no right or wrong ones besides mine, which are all right, and Brad's are all wrong. Just kidding. Um, but we're going to – we're going to know at least this part uh, in the next couple of days. Great discussion, everyone. And I want to transition. I know we've been doing a few questions, but our official question of the week, sponsored by none other than Manscaped. Winter is coming. Cuffing season is here in full. Our homies here at Manscaped are trying to get your balls prepared for these long couple months ahead of us. I want you to be confident how you trim, just like Gilbert Arenas when he would pull up for those game winners. You get that with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof with skin safe technology that reduces cuts, so you won't be like Michael Jordan from his high school team. Your balls will look clean, just like Brian Scalabrini's jersey in the finals, because he didn't play. They have the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer, ball deodorant, and crop preserver, among many other products. All essentials if you're a bench player trying to get a career, just like Lou Will and Jay Crawford have been. If you're trying to take the next step in your life, just like Jimmy Butler did, these products are essential. Get 20% off with free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. And once again, that's pandemic plea, that's pandemic P's playoff shooting percentage with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. Don't be a free agent this coming season and make sure you get claimed. So our question this week is, 
Which NBA draft prospect did you think was going to be a bust but ended up being great? And Shannon, I want to start with you. Who were you down on but has proved you wrong? I don't think that he was going to be a bust, but I wasn't that excited about him. Um, I'm going to go with Grant Williams in the last draft of the Celtics. I didn't, of the ones that they drafted, I wasn't like, oh, this short, like, not chubby, but thick kid out of Tennessee is going to be like our go-to bench player. And out of the four that they chose, he's been the reliable go-to. And I think that says a lot about both his mental discipline and his ability to be versatile in terms of what we need. Whereas the other players that we ended up drafting had less versatility in terms of um, support roles, which is something that the Celtics really need right now since our star players are pretty siloed. All right. So you mentioned he was thick. Is it with two C's <laughs> or a CK or a CK? <laughs> it's two C's. He's like, he's Whoa, like, I like, that. Like, <laughs> I like that. I like that coach who you got. I had to go back in the timeline on this one. Um, there's two two big men and, and two consecutive well, – or three consecutive No, you drafts. get one. You get one. It's, We're cutting you off. You it's a hit. euro and a high school guy. <laughs> it's Yao Ming, who I didn't think was going to be anything. I like Jason Williams. And then Dwight yeah. Howard. I loved Omeka o- Okafor, and I did slip to in on accident, on purpose. But Omeka Okafor, I was sold on him. Dwight Howard, this high school immature kid, end up being – uh, the Hall of Famer. So I was wrong on both of those. All right. And Brad, who you got? I kind of followed in Shannon's footsteps with her line of thinking. Um, I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo. My thinking was that he's an undersized power forward center and he can't shoot and that had no place in today's NBA, but I was dead wrong. He's turned into a, a player that you use as a ceiling projection for new prospects. So he's, he's really been great. That's a good pick. I will say that I was a fan of Bam because I loved his work ethic. For me, it's Joel Embiid, and I I was bashing him before the draft. He, he had he had a, he had a foot injury at Kansas, and I'm I don't know if, if everyone remembers Andrew Wiggins was the star of the team, so I didn't think Embiid yeah. would be that good going at three. He averaged eleven point two points and eight point one rebounds per game at Kansas, so I didn't see him taking a huge step up. And, and typically, Kansas players have kind of been busts in the last ten or so years. I think that program is regarded as still a, a high, highly successful one. But I think you've kind of seen, even in the March Madness uh, tournament, that they just don't perform well. And I think their players aren't NBA ready. But Joel Embiid might not have the longest career, but, man, have I been wrong about his ceiling. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we're wrong about certain players that we've predicted. Um, but now I want to go to the transition to the game of the week. And Brad is hosting it. Brad, what are we playing today? We're going to play a little game of where were they drafted? I named 10 NBA legends, and you tell me what picks they were. So you get two points for getting it exactly right, one point for the person who gets it closest, but not over. So if a person was drafted fifth, and someone says four, and someone else says six, the person who says four gets the point. Got it? Certainly. I'm Shannon, right. by the way, I'm 2-0 and in games. Uh, I was a little hesitant to play today, but, um, <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see if I can keep I, the mojo going. Ready. Damn, I promise you. <laughs> you, know, you. But you know what? This is what guests always say. They come on, and we, we do a, a football and baseball show as well, and guests are like, oh, I, I'm not prepared. I'm not going to win. And then they always do. So you're fitting right into that script. So we're not going to rotate it. We're going to do Shannon first, Coach second, and then Eric, your third. Every time. Ah, yes. yes. All right. So first one, Bill Russell. Ten. Did you, did you say Bill Russell? That's right. Oh, number one. Yeah, he went one. So the actual number is two. He went two. All right, so Eric and Coach, you both have one. Next up, Kevin Garnett. Three. Uh, KG went seven. Uh, I think he went five out of Farragut Academy. Eric on the money. Two for Eric, one for Shannon. Next up, Steve Nash. Um, I have no idea. We're going to go with five. <laughs> I think he went 13. I'm Santa Clara. 
I think he went 10 out of Santa Clara. I think 13 is his number of coach. One point for coach. He went 15th. Lower than I would have thought. Yeah. Next up, number four, Reggie Miller. 12. Man, I'm, again, I'm embarrassed. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where Reggie went. Jeez, I know he went to the Pacers, but uh, let's go, uh, let's go 11. I think he went to, I remember the Reggie versus the Knicks 30 for 30. They were talking about how he got like a lot of like, like crap going to because he was skinny. So I'm locking in at two. Two points Gerald. for coach. He went eleven. He went eleven. Right on the money. For wow. He had no idea. All right, number five. We're gonna go with Dirk Nowitzki. I want to say one, but I feel like that's wrong. I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, – I think Dirk went, like, around six, and he came in with Steve Nash with the bleach hair. One of the great uh, interview <laughs> introduction player meets Germany. So I so I was stuck between two numbers, and it's the two most immature numbers when you put them together. Uh, I don't have <laughs> to say it. Uh, but Coach swayed me with his, so I'm going with six. You both split that one point. He went nine. Oh, that was the other one! No! That's hilarious. All right, so we're going to go on number six now. Dennis Rodman. 13. I got Rodman at, like, let's go uh, 19. Uh, Shannon, sorry, I'm going to price is right you, uh, and I'm going to say 14. One point for Coach. He went 27. The worm mm-hmm. dropping low in the draft. All right, number seven, we're going to go with Larry Bird. I'm so ashamed to not know what this is. Oh, man. What a Boston fan you are. I'm so ashamed. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to say, like, 22. Um, Larry Larry Legend went – I want to say he went second overall. I think he went second overall as well. Coach Nack, you're going to split that one. He went six. All right, number eight, Tim Duncan. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall at this point. We'll say 10. <laughs> he went with number one. Yeah, he went one. He did go one. Two points for both of you. All right, so let's close out with our number nine and number 10. We're going to go Steph Curry and then Chris Paul. They both went. I think Chris Paul went like three. Steph Curry went two, maybe. That might be too high. Um, uh, I think Chris Paul went four, and uh, Steph Curry, I believe, went. Uh, I want to say he went number six. All right, so Chris Paul went four in the two thousand five draft. And then I think I think Curry went seventh because the Knicks had the eighth pick and were was hoping he fell. Mendy is the winner of the entire game. Chris Paul went fourth. Steph Curry went seventh. He got both of them on the money. Damn. Keeps it undefeated. Your FaceTime, Eric. It's all yours. Well, uh, you know, I'd like to thank uh, both of you guys for helping me keep this undefeated streak alive. Um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about retiring and maybe coming back. Uh, like Jordan, but who knows uh, what my cards hold. Uh, I'd like to spend the rest of the FaceTime sending it to Shannon to talk about anything that she's working on. Yeah, first I apologize for my absolutely embarrassing gameplay. Um, (laughs) Remembering draft order is not my strong suit. But um, yeah, like Eric said, um, I'm a contributor to Belly Up Sports. I run their internship program, and I'm their basketball department head. So um, any of the basketball stuff, hit me up. That's my Twitter handle. Um, Right now, later this afternoon, um, I'm going to be putting out – we're doing a postseason or an offseason series for any teams that are rumored to be making moves or should be making moves. Uh, The first one goes out this afternoon for the Celtics. uh, So check that out. and then we're doing some city edition grades and things like that for the jerseys that are coming out. So those should be pretty good. But um, otherwise, my Twitter is up to date on everything that we're writing about. Uh, it's been pretty cool. We're ramping up after 
all the COVID sports delays. So keep them busy. Thanks. Yeah, and if, you wanna, and if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at SWalshy63. She's a great follow. She's very active. One of the best follows I've done on our account. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, next week, yeah. we are going to do a little bit of draft review, kind of seeing how players fell out, any trades. And uh, you know what? Free agency is right after that, two days. So quick turnaround. Players, thank you for listening and stay safe.